When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Before we get into today's show, let me talk to you about the best way to play fantasy football this season, and that is the Owner's Box Superflex Salary Cap Game. Build your nine-player lineup in minutes and start winning real cash. If you use the promo code DREW9 today, that is DREW9, you will get a free $10 entry into their $100,000 Week 1 contest. I'm already in that contest, so play against me and the rest of the TDN Fantasy family over on Owner's Box. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy, the TDN Podcast. Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians back once again. NFC bold predictions here on the show. Jamie has one bold prediction for every team in the NFC. We are going to hear them, dissect them argue with him about them but before we do that uh jamie there's an update coming to the running back rankings i don't know if it's already happened yet it is Uh, already up james robinson shooting back up the board to his rightful spot as the rb1 in jacksonville uh after the news of the uh, travis Etienne injury rb16 for james rb16 yeah so he he moves uh, he was inching up my rankings anyway and he was right on the cusp of surpassing etn before this injury news came out and obviously very easy decision to make when you put him on ir he's out for the year Uh, as as is noted if you did not know already you still have to be on the 53 man roster uh, at the final cut point to be eligible for the short short term ir so if anybody that's put on injured reserve right now is out for the season Uh, so that's that's a key point you have to realize there's a lot more Short-term IR rules and stuff, but you still that only applies to the actual final 53-man roster. So he is not going to play at all this year, no matter what. He will uh, maintain his spot, I guess, coming back next year in 2022, which will be a very interesting conversation we have next offseason. But for this season purposes, James Robinson's now uh, you know, a pretty solid. He's a late third-round pick uh, in my latest rankings as RB16. Should be in line for a pretty significant workload. Carlos Hyde's going to be the top backup there. I'd say borderline draftable, but not somebody that I'm necessarily taking in my leagues. I think you can leave him on waivers for now, but Robinson's going to have a big year. Uh, he had a, was on a monster season last year, and, and we were joking in the pre-show about the kind of the range of emotions we have gone through since we did the way-too-early mock draft back in January of this year where I had James Robinson as a first-round pick to 
you know, watching ETN get drafted and knocking him all the way down and then slowly climbing him back up since we didn't know what ETN's role was going to be. Now he's going to be clearly the lead back there in Jacksonville. And they're going to attempt to run the football as much as they can. They won't be very good, so they're not going to be able to do it much. But he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. It's probably good news for LaVisca Chenault as well in the short passing game. So I'm, I'm excited to see what James Robinson can do after his Cinderella rookie season. As we're speaking, the Jaguars made the yeah. giant announcement. This is a shot. Trevor Lawrence to... will start week one. Against oh, Houston. no. He Who will get his foreseen? first win in week one. Jamie and I will spoil you on our picks. I don't think either one of us are taking Houston to win that game. Uh, that's, of course, we knew that was coming. The men's stash has made it interesting, apparently, but that's uh, along with the James Robinson news, which I wholeheartedly agree with. I think he's going to be a stud. That's it. Those are the only AFC news and notes that we're getting through here on the show because we got some NFC teams to talk about here. And I'm going to test myself. We're going to go in alphabetical order uh, by division once again. I only had one mess up, I think, uh, on the Monday show. So yeah. we'll see if did I did. Can... You like, did you grind it to the Sesame Street tape before this show so you remembered A, B, C, no, D, E, F, G? I... I didn't, but we're going to start in the okay. NFC East, and we're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys, and I feel like I'm off to a good start, one for one uh, so yeah. far. Jamie, what do you have? Your fantasy bold prediction for the Dallas Cowboys. So this one's going to be more in the medium category than the spicy category, and I don't Ooh. feel like this should be a hot take, but I have to look at where ADPs are in the conversation right now, and it just it is. I have I, My bold take is that Amari Cooper outscores CeeDee Lamb by an average of two fantasy points per game this season man that's solid we talked about it the other day cd lamb's getting a ton of hype and we love the player but he's still the two there he still plays in the slot exclusively he's not the big play guy i mean i can't justify drafting him over amari cooper which a lot of people are doing adps are getting kind of crazy with these guys amari cooper's like one this right forgotten now. guy yeah. all of a sudden is adps wide in a wide receiver one territory for cd yeah Lamb. it's nuts like, that's I, mean, I think he's gonna put I up big him. numbers but I don't think yeah, they'll be as big I, as Amari Cooper's. I agree. I, I have them both as top 20 wide receivers. So I'm, I'm not going to talk down C.D. Lamb. I just think Amari Cooper is getting completely overshadowed here. Jamie, can I ask you a question? You can. I have, I have their ADPs in front of me in PPR format. C.D. Lamb's is 11. Amari Cooper's 11. is 15. If they were directly yeah. flipped, if Amari Cooper was 11 and C.D. Lamb 15, you're comfortable with where, where they both are? Comfortable enough. Um, I'd still a little high for CD lamb for me. Like right now, my, my rankings have CD lamb, uh, I believe 19. I'm going to double check that off the top of my head. Yes. He is my number wide receiver 19. Amari Cooper's 13. So close enough. Close like enough. I, yeah. I, mean, I think at that point, there's a lot of guys in that same range. And then depending on how your appetite for injury risk or, or whatnot. Uh, yeah. So that it would be fine. Just look, I would, would I be shocked if CD lamb finished in the top 12 in the bottom part? No, but I think it's going to take, Amari Cooper missing multiple weeks for that to happen. The New York Giants, the next team up, the New York football Giants. Uh, what did you come up with here, Jamie, for the Please Giants? Please make it spicy. Oh, I need so, it spicy. You went medium out of the gate. You didn't hit us hard. I need something. So I went Carolina Kenny Galladay finished. Spicy. This will be Kenny Galladay related, okay? Mm. And this, this, this hurts me. Kenny Galladay finishes outside the top 50 wide receivers in total oh, fantasy points this year. Goodness. I'm sweating. Uh, oh, that we, this is a player we haven't talked enough about. All of the off-season red flags there have been that continue to the very second we're recording this podcast, despite the fact that he's playing in New York. Uh, I, he is missing a lot of practice time. The quarterback situation is still not great. A lot of different weapons there. 
I have a lot of concerns about Kenny Galladay hitting the ground running in New York in year one. Uh, I am out on him completely. I don't know, Chris, I don't know if he's ADP up right now. I imagine he's going as a wide receiver three at the moment would be my guess. He might be low in two in some of the ones I've seen. Wide receiver 27 for Kenny Galladay. So yes, very very so high I, I wide receiver three. Can't do that. I I don't I don't want any piece of him. Like he's another guy. Uh, apparently, I'm just not gonna have many giants. Maybe Sterling Shepard's the only giant I'm gonna be excited to have yes. at his value right now. Who's going outside the top 150 uh, in ADP? But everybody else, I'm just I, I just think I don't like what's going on. I don't like all this injury optimism I'm supposed to have. And I love Kenny Galladay as a talent. I was I was pounding the table for him this time a year ago. I just don't love this year one situation for him. Can we get a second one in New York with with Saquon, Jamie? Do we do we have a? Oh yeah, come on, James. Like I feel like I've even, said it. Even... Like I feel like I've said it so much. Like he, I, I mean, the bold one would be like he he's not. I, I don't know what to say. Like he's not going to be a one, running back one. Like I mean, I I've pretty much said that all he's off. He's going as RB six now. By the way, yeah, I will yeah, say he doesn't finish in the top fifteen of running backs, and he's going as running back six. The Philadelphia Eagles. I think are the next team up. Yeah. Okay. I believe so. Uh, okay. Cause I think W was pretty late in the alphabet. It's towards the, the end. Yeah. Discuss. So uh, yeah. Chris, you're going to hate this one. This one, this one's for you. No, don't, I don't, don't do it. Don't, if it's a Jalen hurts take, I'm it is uh, a Jalen you're being take. removed from the, from the, the, the show. Jalen hurts take. Do you want to remove me now? Or should I say it first? This one is say spicy it. because I'm not even, this is the only one. Now it, it, the article that you can now read on the DraftNetwork.com by the time this episode posts, uh, I make it clear in this line that, all of the ones that I discuss here are something I either truly believe will happen or I believe is well within the possibility of happening. Like, I'm not just talking just to talk, contrary to popular belief or what you normally do. But this is this would be if I had all my 32 takes, this is probably the one I am most shaky on. So I'll put it this way. I will preface Great. it by saying this. Jalen Hurts doesn't get benched, finishes as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Just, boo. If he doesn't get benched. Not if, not if. I have to be bold. He doesn't get benched. He doesn't get benched, and he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Fantasy quarterback. Boo. I'm out on this take. I'll add add to it. He doesn't throw for 3,500 yards and ends up as a top 10 fantasy quarterback. You both are out of your minds, but that's that's neither here nor there. We'll just leave it at that. Uh, The Washington football team, the last team up here in the NFC East. This one's an, this is an on-brand one again because I think this guy's getting slept on. Uh, J.D. McKissick finishes as a, in the top four in RB targets for the second year in a row. I love he's that. He's on one. third downs a ton right now. I think he's going to have that same role as he did last year. Now, not going to get checked down to quite as much because he led the league in running back targets last year. Uh, but I still think he's going to have a major role on this team on third downs and passing downs. Yeah, Fitz a little more of a gunslinger. He's going to force it in there a little bit, but he's still going to check it down. I mean, the guy is a matchup nightmare. One-on-one, you can't cover him with a linebacker. I mean, I, I love that one. I think Antonio Gibson will be more involved in the passing game, but I think they're going to do it a lot more first and second down. And, of course, Jamie's going to go to McKissick. Sure he go is. To the W yeah. there, Chris. Yeah, he's got to have his brand, guys. Yeah, he got, he got to keep the brand alive here on the program. Uh, the NFC North, the next – division up the Chicago I'm just so nervous to mess up because the two guys are just looking at me waiting for me to mess up Chicago Bears are the next team up as we start the NFC North all right so I pissed Chris off with the last one I'm going to piss Jake off with this one (laughs) it's going to be equal opportunity anger Justin Fields is a top eight fantasy QB once he's named the starter 
Hell oh, to boy. the no. Not happening. Not jumping on board with this. I am off the ship. Not a chance in hell. Have you watched him play? You watched him live. I've watched, once. I've watched him run around a lot. You must have drank the Kool-Aid the first time you watched him play. Did you see him get knocked out when the game actually sped up a little bit last week? Yes. Top eight. Yeah. Once he's named Top the starter. Eight. Yep. And he I did. Say, the, I mean, the, he did the war- rushing upside Jake, ability. Jake, he did warn you. He said it was going to anger you. I know this, this is anger, good. I think it's funny. I, I don't. I don't get this Justin Fields love, and this team sucks. Did you see their defense? Yeah, You've seen their offensive line. Yeah, I mean, this is Jalen Hurts. Like he's that's what, but that's what it is. It's it's he's a the faster Jalen Hurts. I get that. rushing fantasy upside. He's here's my problem there. He's a super fast, talented, athletic guy, but he's not that big of a runner. He didn't run that much at Ohio State. Like I don't know that he really no, he knows the nuances of doing it. When to get down, when to get out of bounds. I think he's going to take some shots. He's not that big of a dude. I, I don't know. I, I'll tell you this much. I have won no part of that, if that's the case. I, there will be no Justin Fields love on any of my teams. The Detroit Lions. Don't, that was spicy. Jamie, don't you do it. I see. Don't you, don't you do it with the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I don't, uh, so I don't think this is a DeAndre Swift one. Although, again, I am monitoring the condition in the comments that Dan Campbell made um, about that. So just keep an eye on that. Uh, this is not uh, a DeAndre Swift one. This is a Jared Goff-related okay. one. So this one's a little bold. I go ahead. Jared Goff leads the NFL in pass attempts, yet doesn't reach 300 fantasy points. Ouch. Say that again. Hold on. Say that again. So Jared Goff leads the NFL in passing attempts. So what, 650-ish? Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, and does not score 300 fantasy points. Now, for reference, I have 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 quarterbacks – 21 quarterbacks in my projections projected to get 30 or excuse me, 300 fantasy points over 17 games. So he does not do that, but he, so essentially what I'm saying, he's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, and they I have him at 650 ish attempts is where I have him right now. I think him, him, Tom and Dak are going to fight it out. So who throws the ball the most this year with wildly different reasons why. Um, and I, but I still don't love the value. There might be a couple weeks where he spikes into like top 15 territory in the right matchup because of volume, but it's going to be a rough year for Detroit, obviously. Jamie, I got a hypothetical. So I'm doing a mock draft the other day, and I'm picking 12th in the 12-team league, okay? Yeah. And I go Aaron Jones, and it rolls around. I go Antonio Gibson, back-to-back, okay? Okay, love that. And the third roll, third round rolls around, and you get into this weird – receiver thing where you have like Obel Beckham Jr. and Kenny Galladay and this weird thing of ADPs pop up. And I'm like, I don't like any of these guys. Yeah. DeAndre Swift is still there. So I take him in the third round and load all that up. And I can see Chris going, doing what he's doing oh, right now. Taking his don't head. And I'm do like, this. This is the third round. This is too far off the trade. It's going to be a flex. I loved it. Yeah, and then I start reading all the stuff the about his workload and how much he can handle and all this. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know. But I was still yeah, like, pretty I, excited he's there in the third round. It was there a bunch. Yeah. By the I way, I turned around and took Lamar Jackson right, now. right behind that fourth. So I didn't receiver till the fifth round. Yeah, I mean, I have DeAndre Swift as a third rounder now. The mid to late third round. Like that's where he is in my in my I think that's perfectly reasonable. Chris is too far off the train. Chris got bit in ass. Like he's he I'm has a reason to be better. It's okay. I'm off the train fault. and I don't even see the train anymore. The train is just completely gone. I don't even know where it is. I will not be getting back on the train at any point. That's fine. I, that's that is the. It's it's fine, Chris. You got Cam Akers. You're good. The Green Bay <laughs> Packers, the next team up here on the show. Bold predictions. 
What do you got, Jamie? Bold predictions for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, this one will not shock anybody on the show, uh, but I'm going to stay on brand here and go. Robert Tunyon's touchdown total drops by more than 50% from last year. So he was scored you, 11 touchdowns last year. That'll drop by more than 50%. You gave us all the statistical analysis of why on the previous show when you broke it down. I can't argue with that one. They have other yeah. they have other pieces. I like I like that they added Cobb back in the slot. I love they drafted Mario Rogers. They have other pieces that could develop and be there. Plus, they just schemed him wide open for a bunch of those last year. Nobody knew who he was, and they literally schemed him twenty yards behind the defense. And Aaron Rodgers isn't missing that. That's not going to happen again. You put it all on tape. Yeah, and if you didn't listen listen to our previous shows, a combination of Aaron Rodgers coming down off of the the league leading touchdown percentage. Robert Tunyon coming off of a historic touchdown percentage in his own right. Uh, I still think he'll have a decent season, but I'm not paying for another 11 touchdown, 10 touchdown, nine touchdown type of season from him at the tight end position. Minnesota Vikings, the last team in the NFC North. Is this this one I feel is a little bit bold. Did you get COVID related with your? No, your bold, I, I did not. I, try, I, I tried to like avoid lose more games because then I'm going to get a shot. Yeah. Sean Mannion is the, no, that's good. Uh, Justin Jefferson outperforms his wide receiver eight finish from last season. Wow. Are here. we all in on the Justin Jefferson train or what? Wow. I, so it, it, this is two parts for me. One, I don't, I didn't have a bull take I loved on this team. So for example, two, there's really only two places to go with the ball right now. Or I guess three, if you count Dalvin cook, like it's Jefferson Thielen and cook, like you're playing KJ Osborne banged up DD Westbrook. Chad Beebe. I mean, there's just there is no depth on this roster at the skill positions. Like it By is the, the way, starters Irv and nobody. ADP is still way too high too. Yes, and, and I, I like Irv Smith, but Irv Smith's not going to be an all over the field type of weapon. You know, no. he'll be he'll be fun inside the inside the twenty. So I just think out of volume alone, that if I had to make a pick, that I think Justin Jefferson can still be in that same category. I have him as my wide receiver seven right now. Finishes the wide receiver eight last year. It's asking a lot of a young player. Uh, on a team with quarter with potentially quarterback issues, as Jake mentioned, so it's bold. But that that is my take here. Ooh, that one's bold. I'm not going to argue. I mean, I love the kid, and they're going to throw it a ton because they got problems. They have to, and they've looked yeah. bad in the previous. Nowhere yeah, else to go with the ball. Like this team's one in. This team's one wide receiver injury away from us, like going a, a who's who of who. And who's getting these targets on a weekly basis? It my is. My whole thing is like, what did they put on tape last year that they're going to do different? You're going to double him. I mean, you're going to take – you're going to live and die with Thielen beating you, I think, which I think Thielen has a bigger year because of it. He's being slept on a little bit. But you're not going to let Justin Jefferson beat you. He's going to get doubled. He's going to get bracketed. They put on tape what they're going to do last year. They moved him around a little bit, and he's great against press man. I mean, he's got these – the dance moves absolutely translate to route running ability. I just don't know what's there for the nuance for him to get better. I mean, maybe he's that good. that He just beats all that, and he puts up those kind of numbers again. But if you're playing them – you're stopping the run and doubling him. And if Thielen beats you, so be it. Yeah, Jake, I'll, I'll ask you this question. D- does it is it more the case of somebody else on the Minnesota Vikings needs to emerge as a legitimate number three option, and then that changes the way teams have to play Justin Jefferson? Maybe not so much what he has to do, but more so of if somebody else can join that group of Thielen and Jefferson, then it makes it extremely difficult. It's the Chiefs conundrum, right? You can't you know, double Tyree Kill because that leaves Travis Kelsey wide open, right? So that's, that's the situation that needs to kind of brew in Minnesota. It's not so much what Justin Jefferson has to do. It's can somebody else that is a pass catcher evolve to become a big enough threat? I mean, the thing that helps is they want to run the ball so much, and Dalvin Cook is so talented. 
So mm-hmm. when you play them, you have to stop the run or they're going to kill you a play action. The teams that can stop the run against them, stop Kirk Cousins to play action, that allows them to get down the field a little bit more for some of these deeper routes. Yes, somebody has to emerge. ADP says it's going to be Irv Smith. I don't agree with that. I agree with Jamie. He's going to be here and there. But I don't, I don't see him taking on this huge role with Kyle Rudolph gone. Somebody's got to step up and do something. Because right now, you're going to stop the run. You're going to double Justin Jefferson and let Thielen beat you. He's easier to cover man-to-man if you have a solid corner. Now, he's still really good. I think he's going to have a monster year, too. And I think they're going to throw it a ton. I don't think the team's very good. I think they're going to have to throw it more than they want to, which goes into the whole Dalvin Cook being like number two thing. He's going to be heavily involved in the passing game. I think he's still going to get his, but that's where some of those people are struggling not taking him number two. The Atlanta Falcons, as we move into the NFC South, so far so good for me on going in alphabetical you order. Have, yeah, you n- nailed us. Yeah, the Atlanta Falcons. It was really, it's not, it's was really easy. It, a, it just starts there, and then you, then you're good. Calvin Ridley leads the NFL in receiving yards. You love it. Absolutely love to see this one. Huge fan of this one. Now I'm all in. Jake, you were all the way out on the Justin Fields one. I'm all the way in on this one. I love Calvin Ridley this season. I'm pretty much I, I look, I watched him last year with Julio Allen, and he was the focal point, and you still couldn't cover him. You're talking about a Bucks defense a couple times late that was shutting people down. He still was having eight, nine, ten catches. Now they couldn't do anything else, but he was getting his against really good players, against a focal point of a defense with a safety edge in that way. Kyle Pitts is going to help, but I don't know how great he's going to be, but they have other pieces. And look, this defense sucks. It might be better that they changed it up. I mean, with the two years in a row, they went away from Dan Quinn and things change for games here and there, but they're still not that talented on defense. They're going to have to throw it a ton. They still want to throw it a ton with Matt Ryan. Yes, they have Arthur Smith now and the offense is supposed to be different with Mike Davis. But I don't think it can be. I think they're going to be throwing this is a lot like Detroit. They're going to throw it an absolute ton. And he's a stud. He has emerged as an absolute star from a guy that came in the league. I think he benefited a ton from being with Julio Jones for a couple of years and is now taking over that room. I could totally see this one, Jamie. I like this one. And, and keep in mind, other guys at the very top, like Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, have have a history of missing a game or two here or there, which, which goes in this as well. I mean, look, any player can get injured at any time. But Ridley doesn't have that same sort of, you know, miss a game, miss two games thing that that Adams and, and Tyree Kill have had in the past. Well, he comes from Alabama where they play through everything in practice and play on Saturdays. He did the same thing at the end of the year last year. He wasn't healthy. He was playing yep. with what, a foot, I think, and yep. was still putting up monster numbers. Hardly practicing and putting up monster numbers on Sundays. The Carolina Panthers, next team up in the NFC South. Sam Darnold finish, finishes outside the top 25 in passing yep. touchdowns. Get him out. Out and passing touch. Oh, I, I don't. Hmm. So total passing touch. He's outside the top twenty-five quarterbacks in the league in passing. Listen, touchdowns. I, I want Sam to succeed there, but but I don't. I don't. I don't think I disagree with this. With this take, I can't get down with this one because this defense is still young and sucks too. It's getting better, but he's got weapons. Robbie Anderson just signed the contract. Mm-hmm. You got DJ Moore. Christian McCaffrey's going to catch a ton and take him to the house on his own right, whether Sam actually has anything to do with it or not. And they're going to have to throw it a bunch more than they want. I, top outside the top twenty-five. Bold. That's that's bold. bold. That's that's. Listen, it's, the combi- it's, me, it's a combination of missed time too. Spicy. Like Sam Donald hasn't had a season he doesn't want to miss three games in. I mean, which is also a factor in this equation. So some missed time, and honestly, I don't think Sam Donald's a, a good quarterback. I I know we're supposed to give him another year and see what this looks like in this offense. Uh, I've been out on Donald for a while, and I'm just not betting that we're going to. 
I'm betting that he's got better pieces around him and he'll probably look better with the Panthers than he did with the Jets, but I also don't think he's going to look good. I'm going to have to disagree with that one. Not a, not a not a Justin Fields disagreement, but it's a disagreement. Listen, okay. you wanted spicy, you got spicy, Jake, okay? He, Jamie is delivering on the spice here on he the is. show. The New Orleans Saints, Jamie, the next one up here for, awesome. for us to discuss. This is going to be good. No Saints wide receiver finishes in the top 40 in total fantasy points. Uh, is anybody going position. in the top 40 right now at the position? Michael Thomas is like 33. 20, oh, that's standard scoring. Stand by. Let me, yeah, let me change yeah, to yeah, the PPR. He's going 30 in PPR. Is there anybody else from New Orleans going inside the top 40? No. I imagine Traquan's going in the top 50. Marquez is moving up a little bit, who I still love. I'm now. I'm glad everybody else is now on the Marquez Callaway hype train after uh, Monday. Mark Marquez Callaway 68, Traquan Smith 72. How does that make you feel, Jamie? How do you wow, Traquan Smith really low. Really, uh, really low on Traquan Smith. How do you feel? How do you, yeah. yeah, tell me. Tell me. I feel yeah, better. I, mean, about I, I love Callaway, but I still have Smith over Callaway. Yeah. That's a little weird. But yeah, no, no Saints wide receiver finishes in the top 40 in total fantasy points. By the way, what's going on there? Like, we're getting reports that Taysom's the leader in the clubhouse. Now Jameis is the leader in the clubhouse. They don't know who's starting preseason game three. What it, the hell is going on there? Like, I'd feel a lot better about all this if I had a clue who the quarterback was going to be. Yeah, it's weird because they've been particularly mum on this like the the Jameis being the favorite stuff is only because he had a good game on a good quarter on Monday Night Football like you know what I mean like that's not coming from the team like the team has been very much like we're not telling you and we don't know we know Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill they also paid Taysom Hill this is where the thing this is why I'm just not sure because for me my eyes tell me that Taysom Hill is not a thing but I'm not the one that's making this decision and I know the guy making the decision loves him so like, I'm letters, not fully loves. ready to commit to that this this job is Jameis's to lose. I don't know that's the case. This might be Taysom Hill's to lose. I think that's the case. I think it's Taysom's yeah. to lose, and I'm not sure that he's looked good enough. But it's as uh, – I mean, if Jameis is the quarterback, I, I still don't know if I can get down with top 40 with any of them. I mean, Michael Thomas is missing half the year. The other is guys are just guys. I know what Jake's no. answer might be, but does anybody but the Bucks have a winning record in that division? No, I have them as no. Did anybody like get said, to did, my did Saints get to nine? No, like I, I don't, I don't know. I'm I think the pa- I think the Panthers finished second in that division. Wow, that's that's but bold. It, not because they record? win like eight games. Like I think they win say, like seven like, games. Like here's the thing: when New Orleans, New Orleans offensive line is still really good, defensive line took a massive hit, but it's still pretty solid. They're thin at linebacker. But they added Quan Alexander back. I mean, they've lost. They lost a lot of pieces off that team that's made that run the last few years. But that offensive line's still good enough that I think with Sean Payton, whichever quarterback can play within that system, and I don't know that either one want to or can really. I think they could. They could be close. But I still had. I think I had him at. I think I had him at eight and nine. This is the other thing too, Jamie. That, that when you talk about these Saints wide receivers, it's one of the reasons why, like Alvin Kamara being RB three, concerns me a little bit because so much of what he does is catching the ball out of the backfield. And since we don't know who the quarterback is going to be, I have a really tough time taking Kamara as a top three player in fantasy because that's where he's going right now. He's going as the third no, overall agreed. player. So right now he'd be my number four player. If if Taysom Hill gets named the starter, he's dropping because I have the numbers. Uh, the number projection for Taysom Hill is the starting quarterback. And basically he has been, 
I have treated everybody on the Saints as if Jameis has been starting in terms oh, so of my secret, projections. You have, you have a secret folder with the Taysom Hill Correct. projections? I, I have a break glass in case of Taysom <laughs> projections for everybody else. <laughs> that you can just move in there. And spoiler, it's not fun. Right, and that's and, and again, Taysom that's Hill's why it's not a good quarterback. Jamie, you taking and, you taking Zeke three right now? Not knowing? No, I'll probably still take Derrick Henry. Henry now. At three. Yeah. But I, I think – so to, to me, but like here's what I talk about this. is I go one, two, three, and then I think Kamara is in the mix there with Zeke and Aaron Jones. And that, that I think that is a group together of you can pick your poison and I'm not going to fight you either way on those, on those three at four through six. And I think part of it too is that we don't know who the quarterback is in New Orleans. And so taking a player in the top three when we don't know who the quarterback is is a massive – like it's – we talk about we talk about drafting at like the top of the value – like you're drafting at the top of the value with Alvin Kamara, not knowing who his quarterback's going to be. Kind of. You're drafting at like 90, 80% of the value, 90% of the value. Do we still feel this good about Dak? No, I've dropped Dak in my rankings. Uh, I mean, for I Zeke, have, yeah, as far as Zeke goes. Like, I, yeah, I'm because, saying, I, like... because I think if the, the more that shoulder hurts, <laughs> the more likely he's just not going to go down the field. So, oh, yeah. Uh, and let's go. Dump that, dump that off to Zeke, and let's let's call it a day. And like he was doing in the first month of last year, just dump, 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 dump. I mean, Zeke was putting up all good numbers last year at the beginning of the year, and a ton of it was receiving. People yeah. forget that it wasn't the the rushing was an issue all year last year. It was the massive receiving total that really buoyed him in the in the first month of the season before the injury. I still think I'm but taking it, Zeke third over Henry because I don't know what's going on there. Their defense isn't very good. I think they're going to throw it more than they want, and I don't know what's going on with Kamara. Like I, I like him. And I get that, like, Michael Thomas isn't going to play, so everybody's saying his workload is going to explode. But he's also going to be the the only thing you try to stop. Yeah, I don't actually think the Michael Thomas injury helps him at all. I don't think it hurts him, but I don't think it helps him. People immediately, like you said, Jake, are are running, oh, this is going to be good for Kamara. Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't think this is going to add to his workload at all. You're already trying to stop him, but now you don't have to worry about that guy on the outside killing you. Yeah. The Tampa Bay going down hurt them too they, yeah. they don't have that tight end piece now i don't know we'll how, it doesn't sound like it was serious he's not gonna miss a ton of no, time he's miss he'll miss a little we'll see if he's gonna miss regular season time nick vanette's gonna miss a few weeks um juan johnson's an interesting name to watch there if if troutman misses time so the tampa bay buccaneers the last team in the nfc south so uh i've been kind of teasing this bold take for a few months now but i'm gonna I'm going to just throw it out there. Antonio Brown leads all Bucks receivers and targets. I might have I argued a few weeks ago. I don't know that he doesn't lead them in yards and touchdowns. I still think Chris Godwin probably has the biggest year of Bucks receivers, but I think AB is being slept on. And from what I'm hearing, and BA's come out and said he looks like he did five years ago. And if you've watched any of their camp practices, I think they have three top 10 receivers. Now, I don't, there's a, yeah. only one football to go around, so I don't know who gets the majority of those, if that is A.B., but like I think they have three top 10 guys. By the way, if this team goes more 11 personnel and not 12 like they did a lot last year, how do you stop the run? Good luck. How do you stop the run when you have to be a nickel, and if you're not a nickel, then you have to cover those three receivers? That's the thing. I'm fascinated. That's why I've been so high on, on Tom Brady this year. And even a little higher than people would like on on Fournette and Ronald Jones. I'm just like, I'm gonna take my chance on this this Bucks offense, just being able to find whatever way they need to to be incredibly productive. And 
you know, as I mentioned on our NFC show, we did a couple of, was a, maybe a month ago, you know, the target share once AB got up and running in that offense was very similar with him, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And, you know, if, if Evans or Godwin deal with like a pulled hammy for a week or two or something like that, that's where I think that door can open up. If they all play 17 games, Brown won't lead the box and targets, but those guys miss a game here or there. I think Brown is going to be close enough alongside them all year that it might only take one missed game to put him over the top. I still think he could be close, Sham. I mean, if you're playing them, are, are you going to put – because Chris is still going to be in the slot, but so he's yep. playing that slot corner. But you're going to play the two or the three corners playing on AB if you're going to play them man, which I don't know how you're going to do that. All three of those receivers, top 25 in my And rankings. Tom loves him, and he doesn't look like he did last year. He looks like he looks five years ago. He has stepped back. We all know how hard he works. Apparently, he's like Tom. He's not aging. He looks phenomenal. I mean, and he plays a lot. That one's – you could have gone a lot of different ways with, with that take. The NFC West, the last division up here, the Arizona Cardinals, is where we start. I am looking forward to this one. <laughs> it's ought to be fantastic. This should be amazing. Kyler Murray does not finish as a top five fantasy QB. Cosign. Could I be spicier. No, I, be. but I cosign it. But, I, I but CJ, I you think that could be spicier. People are drafting him as like QB two. Oh, yeah. So like <laughs> A bunch. A bunch yes. of these drafts I've done, he's gone before Lamar Jackson and before Josh Allen. Like he's, he's, his ADP is in front of Lamar Jackson. It's QB three. That's yeah. insanity. Yeah, I mean, we have the biggest awesome. Homer market of media people ever that are actually like acting like AJ Brown or AJ Green looks like he is this thing. Christian Kirk's yeah. ADP, by the way, is like way, way lower than Rondell Moore and AJ Green, and he is like the forgotten dude in this offense. Like, he gets hurt all the time. I get that, but yeah, they they should all be similar. Look, everything I hear from Cardinals camp is not encouraging. Um, you know, there's been some stuff, stuff shared behind the scenes. There's actually been some stuff shared openly that we wrote about Dre Harris wrote at the draftnetwork.com uh, that he's heard from people there that, you know, Kyler Murray's kind of taken off days of camp and just, just not, and not like, you know, in this like, Hey, I, I need, I need mental days. I, I'm not going to be a camp here. We've seen uh, Cliff Kingsbury be very, very hesitant to play Kyler Murray in the preseason, almost kind of cover for him not playing in the preseason. And he's not and going to move Kyler forward. Say, I don't care. This doesn't count. He doesn't I really care about want to be out there. I, given the way that that season ended last year, all of those kind of the rumors and rumblings coming out of camp there, you know, the narrative right now around Murray in the fantasy community is that he's going to explode and challenge for QB1 territory. I'm not touching him at his current ADP. Like I, I have him outside my top five quarterbacks right now in my rankings update, and I'm – I'm con- there's another player you can add to my list of like Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay and Odell Beckham Jr. of I'm going to have zero shares of this year and I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll save you where I did their win loss record, but it wasn't pretty and it was pretty easy to get to. I, I'd like to throw like a bold take of like when does JJ Watt and Kyler blow up? JJ Watt practiced for the first that time is. the other day mm-hmm. in camp. Well, you know, it's JJ Watt. Like we're sharing the workout videos and I'm going to be the dude in the locker room and I'm screaming and yelling, but like, when do they blow up? Cause Kyler's body language, the, the team sucks. does not like it. Like, sucks. That, that drives and a lot of guys crazy. It. That's going to be a thing. We need a, we need a side bet over under on the Kyler JJ Watt fight in the locker room. Not when enough. does it happen? I'm going by week seven. All right. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams, the next team up. A lot of players to yeah, pick from here, Jamie. A lot of options. Yeah, Tutu Atwell. I went. No. Damn it. No. 
No. Too early? Not doing too, too out well. So I went with an interesting one here because I, I, this is going to be kind of a, a narrative-based one, and I kind of looped in another team here as well. So mm-hmm. Tyler Higby finishes with the same fantasy points per game this year as TJ Hawkinson. Whoa. Wow. That's so spicy. Tyler Higby spice. and his new QB is going to put up similar numbers this year for Hawkinson, whose, new, whose QB has left and gone to throw the ball to Tyler Higby. And, and here's my thought here. I like Hawkinson a lot. This is not, this is not knocking Hawkinson's talent, but he has taken this massive downgrade at the quarterback position this year and a downgrade to a quarterback who has not had a pension for throwing to tight ends. Ask Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Uh, you know, so to me, I understand there's this, that TJ Hawkinson is the best pass catcher on the, the Lions roster right now. I get that. And I get the Lions are going to throw a bunch. But Matthew Stafford's not going to all of a sudden stop throwing to a, a quality pass-catching tight end just because he's in Los Angeles now and not Detroit. And I think Tyler Higby's going to have a really strong season. And I would not be surprised at all if their final fantasy points per game total were extremely close together by the end of the season, despite everybody wanting to draft TJ Hawkinson like five, six, seven rounds ahead of Higby. Yeah, because they're, what, five five spots apart in ADP? Four or five spots apart? Yeah, yeah what, is, what, is, what is Higby's ADP right now? Again, I'm still waiting and taking Austin Hooper, who's basically not getting drafted. But oh, yeah. I, I, I watched somebody do a draft. I, I co-helped somebody do a draft the other night, and Austin Hooper went undrafted. And I told him, I said, you go pick up Austin Hooper right now. You, you well, I, I wanted to text you guys this weekend. I keep taking him in the 12th just no, so I get gonna, him. No, he's going to be there. Just leave him. But he's, there's he's, like he's, five guys ahead of him still, no, and I'm just like no. – I can't let it go any farther than that because I know in a real league you're going to have to do it. There's going to be a Browns homer or somebody that wants to take him higher, which means somebody else is going to fall. Look, I can get down with this. The thing with TJ Hawkinson is, yes, he's their best pass catcher. Yes, he's really good. How do you defend him? Let's throw in real-life football for a second. If he's their best player, you're going to double-team their best player. Like, right. You're going to stop the run, which isn't going to be hard because you're going to be up on him quick because their defense sucks. So the run's going to be taken away from him fairly quick anyway. And then you double-team Hawkinson, who's going to get past it. They're going to force it to him enough. They're going to scheme some stuff open. But if you're double-teaming their best player, his value is going to come down regardless of the massive drop-in quarterback play, as Jamie said. I can get down with this one. I think, I think Higby is – I think Higby's being slept on. There's a lot of mock drafts where he was getting down in that eighth, ninth, tenth round kind of thing. And you're like, okay, I'm getting value here that I didn't have to go with the three or four big boys early. Uh, circle back to the question that you asked, Jimmy. TJ Hawkinson going as tight end six. Tyler Higby going as tight end 13. Oh, wow. So seven spots. I was thinking he was more like 10. No, 13. Uh, directly in front of him, Mike Jacecki, Irv Smith, and Robert Tunyon in the three spots directly in front of him. See, like Jacecki's the only one that you may take ahead of him. Maybe. The tight end yeah, stuff you- is, is really interesting. You have to go early and get one of the studs. Or you can wait. And I mean really wait. You just said Hooper went undrafted. He's probably going to go undrafted a bunch, but I keep taking him like the 12th or 13th round in different drafts. Tunyon, we've talked about the touchdown regression. Irv Smith, we don't think it's going to be a thing between the 20s a ton. Maybe he develops into that, but you're taking a, a risk there. I don't know. I, I think Higby might, have, might be the second best value to Hooper on the board in the tight ends. The San Francisco 49ers, the next team up. Jamie, what do you got? This is... This is a really interesting one because there's a lot of things that go into play in this team with injuries and all of the way their last season went. Uh, but I went with this is a, this is I think will be a spicy one. Oh this boy. this might be my favorite one of the ones that we do so far today. Brandon Ayuk outscores George Kittle in total fantasy points. Ooh, 
Wow. I'll let, I'll let that one sink in for a second. I keep so if you do enough mock drafts, people, please listen to me when I say this. You'll start seeing your own algorithms and trends. And there's a name that keeps coming by, and it's Ayuk. And he's right there in that Deontay Johnson I was talking about and some other guys you could get as your wide receiver one if you go really, really re- running back heavy early. I struggle with the Jimmy G thing. Like Trey Lance looks good, but I know he's a rookie and he's not playing against blitzing defenses and all that stuff right now. He also reminds me, by the way, a lot of John Elway early. I think he's breaking fingers in practice with the arm strength. He's a heavy, heavy ball. Saw the picks the other day and the ball flying off fingertips if he's just a little bit off. I love Ayuk. I love the run after the catch ability. He turned into a deep threat last year. I just, I don't know. Jimmy G's the guy unless he gets hurt. I still think Kittle gets him, but I think it's close. I like that take, though. I like that take a lot. Yeah. And it's my thought process for sure. My thought process behind this take is twofold. It's one that I expect George Kittle to miss time again. And two, that I, I do think the Trey Lance starting is inevitable at this point. And banking that he is going to have the same connection with George Kittle as Jimmy Garoppolo has, which is resulted in a lot of volume going Kittle's way, is a little presumptuous. It's possible. We just don't know yet. So I'm going to yeah. put those two things together. And I think it's a good, there's a chance that this happens here. And obviously, Kittle's going to have to miss time for this to come into play. Yeah, I think it's Jimmy G, but if he takes any shot that he doesn't play, he, Trey Lance isn't giving it back. There's going to be too much flash. Yeah. I mean, my bold take for them, football-related, was going to be they make the playoffs and Jimmy G starts every game. That's a fun one. That's a fun one. I, I, would, I would disagree with that one. Which part? The Jimmy G starting all the games. Do you think they're going to make the playoffs with Trey Lance starting? Listen, this show should know how I feel about San Francisco this year and Trey Lance. I think I think they I think they win that division. So, with Trey Lance starting quarterback, if yeah, no matter who the starting quarterback is, I think they win the division. Yes. Wow, I mean they're good, but dude, uh, wow, that, that's bold. That's bold. The Seattle Seahawks, the last team up for us here today on the show for bold predictions. I'm, I'm going to circle back to this for a second year in a row. DK Metcalf finishes outside of wide receiver one territory yeah. in average fantasy points per game. Guy just won't quit. Currently going as the wide receiver five right now in ADP. And if you do enough mock drafts, he's going as wide receiver one or two in almost all of them. Not I. Kelsey is gone and a bunch of people are jumping on Metcalf at the turn. In regardless of format, ESPN, Sleeper, Yahoo, whoever you want to throw out there, like it doesn't really matter. He's going way, way too high. They've added miles to feed. They want to go back to run the ball. I agree with you, Jamie. I, I, this team is so interesting. Like, this defense looks like it's maybe getting a little better than it's been the last couple of years, but yeah. this offensive line still got issues, to say the least. And they struggled down the stretch. And I don't know if it was – like, Russ got hit in the face. Was that the Vikings game they played in primetime? It was really close, and Russ got hit in the head. He never looked the same to me after that. I don't know if that was the beginning of the stretch – where he really started to struggle, but he just didn't have the same rah-rah high school pep on the sidelines, all that stuff that he normally does. Like, there was something yeah. going on that was just weird. I don't know which guy I'm getting back. I, I got questions with this team. I do think this defense could be a little bit better, but they're also playing very different than they have in the past. Their safety with Jamal Williams or Jamal Adams blitzing that much is very different. That's not the normal Seattle cover three that we've seen. No. And this and they still have pass rushers. I mean, I've seen this big to-do about – how awesome their defensive line is. They're all under 25 years old, but 
I don't really know who any of them are. Yeah, new, new offensive coordinator too. Uh, we'll see how that plays into plays into things there in Seattle. There's just a lot of things up in the air. And also, again, as I mentioned back in my second half column, uh, if you have not checked that out, go under the fantasy tab of the Draft Network and scroll till you find it. Uh, the trends that you may have missed that happened in the second half of the season. It was bad. It was bad, for, and it was bad particularly for DK Metcalf. So I think there's a lot of optimism right now around this DK Metcalf stuff as if this whole second half of last year just didn't happen. And I think that's a little unfair. Look, A.J. Brown was a better player Ole Miss. He was a better player coming out. He's a better player right now and a more well-rounded player than D.K. Metcalf. He still doesn't have every route in the route tree. And people, ask yourself this. We love – everybody loves being armchair quarterback and complaining about offense coordinators or play calls. If you're playing that team, what are you doing to stop them? I don't necessarily think you got to load the box to stop the run. Chris Carson's solid. He's going to get his. Even if they really want to, that offensive line is not great. You're going to double D.K. Let Tyler Lockett beat you. Beat Eskridge, beat you if he's out there, but you're going to double DK. That's what happened down the stretch. Russell Wilson wasn't as good. They couldn't run the ball. They're going to have to figure out ways to run it better than they did in the past. But when you start talking about these guys being taken over face value, like overpaying max value, which you're taking DK Metcalf that out, you're taking, you're paying a massive premium. Can he beat all? Yeah, he's capable of beating it and fly. He's going to have monster plays. He's an absolute freak. But is it consistent enough to be an RB or a wide receiver one? I don't know. I, I agree with that one, Jamie. I like that one. That's kind of kind of spicy, though. It's really spicy in the fantasy community. All right, Jamie. I'm going to put you on the spot here. We have Tyler from Owner's Box here joining the program. He's going to talk about the Superflex League that you can all be a part of. But I think what, how great would it be if you got to pitch some of these spicy takes that you've had over the last two shows to, to an outsider? And it's not just yes. Jake and I yelling at you the whole time. We can bring somebody else in to yell at you for some of these spicy takes. So, so Tyler from Owner's Box is here. He is going to listen to you. You can pitch these however you want. I told you to pick He doesn't know what these are. He doesn't know what they are. He's, he's smiling from ear to ear. He's very excited to hear these. <laughs> so you have an opportunity to pitch these, whatever three you want, Jamie. We don't know which ones you've picked either. Hang on. So can we can we preface this? Favorite team and where you're from? Uh, I'm I'm from just outside of Toronto on Ontario, Canada, but my favorite team is the Los Angeles Chargers. So, oh, okay. Okay. I, like I like that. I like that. I don't want to hear that's, like that's some Bears story. fan or some of that crap with some, some of the stuff we might throw out here and be like, oh, I love that because okay. I'm a that's interesting. homer of this we'll team. We'll dive in that in a later show, particularly if you can outscore me in the in the owner's box super flex oh, wow. week one contest. So take a shot. Uh, you've already heard okay. our promos yes, on that sir. show again. Drew nine free ten dollar entry, and I'm not Tyler. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But my lineup's already in, uh, and I will change it a million times between now and then. I kind of look at it every night and try to see what what advantage maybe or what changes I can make. But right, I'm going to hit you with some of these bold predictions for this upcoming season and we did this by team so let's start out with the cleveland browns one we did this on the monday show oh boy donovan peoples jones scores more touchdowns this year than odo beckham jr so i was i was listening i heard this one oh I, okay i love oh, dpj okay. i think i mean you guys know about college in terms of quarterback play and just the way the offense worked when he was there he's a freak athlete i i love dpj maybe not this season i i think it's a spicy take but i like him dynasty wise in the future definitely what I, what I love so much about this one jamie is this is just more you continuing to take shots at odo beckham jr any chance Correct. you get like, and you're just using Donovan Peoples Jones to emphasize the point, right? It's not just shots, though. Jamie gives you all the analysis no, that I he's know. never played in more than 14 games. How many games he misses? He's coming off an ACL. We'll remind you that running on a treadmill on a video doesn't really matter that everybody's doing that. Like, it's all those things come together. They don't throw it that much. They run it more than anybody. 
catch percentage, target percentage. I mean, Jamie breaks it down for you to the point where you damn near can't argue some of this stuff. Now, it's still spicy. You're still talking about a guy that's not one of their top receivers finishing with more touchdowns. But I like it. And I, I agree with Tyler, man. This kid is an absolute freak athlete. Yeah. Yeah, right now, uh, Older Beckham Jr., $5,400 on that owner's, flex, uh, owner's box super flex game. Uh, he will not be in my lineup. Spoiler, uh, I will not have him, wow. have him in my lineup in week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. In Somebody's got to throw, like Baker's going to throw on them. So maybe maybe yeah. somebody it gets it done because it is the Chiefs. So. Although to be fair, like Beckham's healthy. It, well, I guess maybe he's not. We'll see. Like, I don't know. Like normally I'd say this is the best time to have him because it's the beginning of the season. But let's, let's watch him get back out on the field from that ACL before I get all excited about putting him in any of my lineups okay take number two when both of these were were from today this is one both of them from the nfc west as well uh, i will hit you with my los angeles rams take here which is tyler higby finishes with the same fantasy points per game and we're talking ppr as tj hawkinson jamie we're on the exact same wavelength here yeah, Ty- i love tyler higby this season i love him I've been telling people I think he could be top four tight end this season. I mean, we've seen what he does when Gerald Everett isn't on the field. So he's someone that I'm probably not targeting week one um, on owner's box just with, you know, Roquan Smith up there might be in coverage against him. But the Bears secondary is probably the weakest part of their defense. So he he could be interesting. And I like him season long for sure. I like him season one or game one. It's open the season. Look, this Chicago defense is not the same. New defense coordinator, very different philosophy from Vic and from Chuck Pagano. They've lost a ton in that secondary. They've lost a bunch on that defense, a defensive line. Khalil Mack wasn't the same last year. I think, and now I think the receivers all have a big game too. I don't think they run it as good against the Bears, but I, I don't, I wouldn't shy away from him, man. I think he's going to be top five or six guy all year. I love that take as well. Yeah. Yeah. And right now he's the 10th highest price tight end for week one. He's in the same $4,200 range as Robert Tunyon, who, as everybody knows, I'm not a fan of on the show. Irv Smith Jr., Logan Thomas. Uh, that is that group at $4,200 there. So n- not a bad value if you're not going to spend up for one of the elite tight ends. And then my final take, which is the one we just kind of finished going over with the Seattle Seahawks, is that DK Metcalf finishes outside of wide receiver one territory in average fantasy points per game. Uh I can't believe I'm saying this again, but this is a take no. I've had for a while. Like, this is I, great. We need no, to have Tyler no. on the show more often. So the, is, the running volume, I think, has to pick up from the Seahawks this season. You know, Pete Carroll's been clear about that. And in the years that they've, you know, been successful and, and made a little bit of a playoff run has been when they run the ball at one of the top three rates in the league. DK Metcalf is a player that is low quantity, high quality. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather take Tyler Lockett at his ADP than than mess around with what 100%. I think is a ceiling when you're drafting DK Metcalf. So I love it. And as I mentioned too, like his second half of last season is getting completely ignored. He was outside of wide receiver three territory in the last eight games of the season. Like that offense changed considerably. I still think he'll have his big games if you play in, yeah. in best ball tournaments. I think you'll get some value, but going as the wide receiver five right now is crazy to me. Uh, right now, he is the seventh highest priced wide receiver for the week one owner's box Superflex game at $6,800, which is right between Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown. Uh, I'd rather have both those guys in week one. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I think he'll have a good season. I think he'll be a borderline wide receiver one, but I don't think he's going to get you this, this top five value that you're paying for. So, um, you know, Tyler, let's talk a little bit more about owner's box. They Jamie, the you got to give us Chicago. Show. You cannot get out of this. Yeah, hot you, come on. Okay. You're not going to give this one away. You think this is spicier. Fine. I will put it that Justin Fields is a top eight fantasy quarterback once he's named the starter. 
Uh, I, Justin no, Fields Tyler, has been my favorite QB coming into the draft. Yeah, I mean, this, is, this is phenomenal. This Jake, is phenomenal. this has backfired tremendously on us. You, if you backfired completely. Suckers. If you look at my Twitter, my pin tweet is that Justin Fields will be the, the best quarterback coming coming from this 2021 class. So I love Fields. That is, I just get too much play. Deshaun Watson vibes from him. He seems like a guy that was a little bit disrespected during the, the pre-draft process, was very successful in college. And I mean, he's he's done it and there's... I, I think he's the guy that breaks this, you know, long, long streak. It's been a, of Bears quarterbacks pretty much forever. So, so I, long, love long, long, I hope long so. Streak. I am a yeah. I am a 13 minute walk from Soldier Field and I got to go to that first preseason game. So I am hoping and I can tell you Justin Fields mania here in town is nuts. So yeah. you can I'm handle it. I want to see some good. I want to see some good football here in Chicago. Look, so, as a Bears we all love Paige and are like defecto bears fans because she suffered her entire life. She wasn't alive on my birthday, my seventh birthday when they won the 85 Super Bowl. by the way, the only one they've ever won. The best show we've ever done was we broke down the top 10 passing quarterbacks in bears history. One night it was like TDN fantasy after dark. And it was beyond shocking, shocking how bad it is. It's worse than the Browns history. It's not even close. Uh, of how bad that is. So while he could be one of the greatest Bears quarterbacks of all time, the jury's still out on me on that one. But top eight, once he starts playing, that's a lot of rushing yards, man. Yeah. Not the Uh, offense. I don't think this is the offense for it, for sure. Tyler, like Jamie said, tell everybody uh, what they can expect and what they can look to over at owner's box. Yeah. So So we've launched our week one salary cap game, super flex format. I know Jamie's mentioned it before, but I mean, nobody looks forward to drafting their defense or their kicker in their last few rounds of their draft. So on our platform, which is weekly, we've eliminated kicker and defense, added the super flex spot. So it's all offense. And then I don't know about you guys of what you've checked out so far, but I mean, we set our salaries pretty early. So, you know, we talked about fields, even Lance, if, if one of these guys are are in and starting in week one, then uh, there's some serious value because again, we've set their, their salaries pretty low so far, just with the uncertainty of their position. So a chance to take advantage of some rookies at the QB market, but definitely a lot more strategy built into it with, uh, you know, with that super flex format and, and two QB options. So if you check out owner's box, we're giving away a free $10 entry into our week one contest. So it's a hundred thousand dollar prize pool. And then uh, you'll build your lineup for free. Use promo code Drew9 uh, for Drew Brees. Drew's an investor and spokesperson and owner's box. So very excited about the week one contest. We're filling really well, well over a thousand entries so far. So head on over for sure. And that's a key point too, is you'll get your free entry by using Drew9, but you can still enter it up to nine more times uh, for that $10 price. You can set up the 10 lineups and 2,352 people, the top 2,352 will win some sort of money. Uh, ranging from that $15 range at the bottom to if you get the number one score, $15,000 is the grand prize there. So really, essentially, you're filling up. If you can just finish in the top 20% uh, of this for week one, you will win some money. And by the way, your first entry is f- absolutely free using the code Drew9. So I already have one of my lineups in. I know I will have more than one lineup in by the time we get to week one kicking off. And I'll have a, I'll be second guessing myself a million times and end up just adding some more lineups to the equation. And uh, just make sure you check it out. Play against me, play against the, your friends, and we're going to talk about this a lot on the TDN yeah. Fantasy Podcast and all of our platforms throughout the year. Uh, I'm really excited for this because, to me, 
I'll be quite honest with you. When I when I play a lot of DFS, I would just take the cheapest defense and kicker I could probably find and load up on all the skill positions anyway. So now I can just don't have to worry about that at all. Get to add the super flex element. And as we've talked about on the show, we are in my mind, five years away from Superflex being the new standard across redraft leagues and best ball and all formats. So this is a great way to kind of get yourself familiarized with that and the exciting part of being able to basically play two quarterbacks every week if you haven't had a chance to play that style of format yet. Yeah, absolutely. You get a chance if you, you know, if you if you're making a transition next year or this year, you'll get an idea of what what kind of optimal roster you could be going for with that super flex position. Maybe you don't use the quarterback in there, you want to try out running back wide receiver. So many different options in terms of your spend, but also the, the way you construct your lineup with some high upside and stacks and whatnot. A lot, a lot of ways to go with it for sure. That's going to do it for us here on the Wednesday. I had to think of what day it was edition of the podcast. But before we get out of here, let's go around the room, give social media. Tyler, since you're the guest of the show, I'll let you go first. Where can everybody follow you on social media? Yeah, TMAC10. And then definitely check out Owner's Box on all the social platforms at Owner's Box on everything. Jamie? At Jamie, I, or excuse me, that's my old one. At Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. By the way, I'll leave you with this uh, semi breaking news here at the end of the podcast. Joe oh, Burrow is no. going to play some snaps oh, I saw this, this coming yeah. weekend. So that is must see TV because if you, you know, he's kind of been a guy that slid down my rankings a little bit. But if you're high on, you know, the combination of Higgins, Chase, Boyd, Mixon, and Burrow, all five of those guys, you need to kind of just see does he look comfortable out there? I don't know how much he's going to play. It might just be one series, but. That's definitely something that needs to be on your radar for the upcoming weekend. Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. You can follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy and the draftnetwork.com underneath the fantasy table is where you can find all of the content. We'll be back next week. Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong. It's another mock draft week on the show. We have a two-part mock draft that we're doing next week here on the TD and Fantasy Podcast. So that should be a lot of fun, a lot of strategy involved in that. So everybody have a great rest of your week and weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.